Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. So we've been busy with a sermon series called Fixed Focus. If you haven't been here last week, um, I started out a sermon called Fixed Focus. And uh, it's a sermon series where we, f- where we speak about our focus as believers. What do you focus on? Where is your focus? No matter what the times or the, the seasons or what you're facing in your life, where is your focus? And, and I want to continue with that. The, the definition of the word focus is the following. It is the center of interest. What is the center of your interest? What are you busy right now? What, what steals your interest at the moment? Now, last week I started with a story. I want to I do another story this week. And it's a story about Luciano Pavarotti. You all know, remember Luciano Pavarotti, the, the famous um, opera singer. I'm just going to read it and you can listen. It says, When I was a boy, my father, a baker, introduced me to the wonders of song. Tenor Luciano Pavarotti relates, He urges me to work very hard to develop my voice. A professional tenor in my hometown of Modena, Italy, took me as a pupil. I also enrolled as a te- uh, sorry, I also enrolled in a teacher's college. On graduating, I asked my father, shall I be a teacher or a singer now? What should I do? Luciano, my father, replied, if you try to sit on two chairs, you will fall between them. For life, you must choose one chair. I chose one. It took me several years of study and, and frustration before I made it to my first professional appearance. It took another seven years to reach the Metropolitan Opera, and now I think whether it's laying bricks, writing a book, or whether what, whatever we choose, we should commit ourselves to it. Commitment, that's the key. Choose one chair. It's a beautiful story. You see, in life, life is, is, is a set series of constant choices. It is. I mean, just go through one week and then remind yourself how many choices you had to make this week. Do I eat bread or, or uh, rice? <laughs> Whatever, you know. There's choices. Every day you have to choose things. And see, the options are so vast and it's always a battle between what is best and what is beneficial. Come on. When I go to the grocery store, I go and see what's the best for the best price and I want to make the choice. I mean, choices part of our life. Now, there's an old saying that says, choices determines destiny. Choices determines destiny. Choose wisely. So every day you make choices. Every week you make choices. But every choice determines your destiny. So choose wisely. But there's so many distractions in life. And today as believers, we need to focus constantly to make the right ones. I don't know about you. I want to make the right choices. Don't you? If we don't want to make the right choices, I, re- I mean, I hate making the right choices. When I want to buy something, and I, I'm quite a C personality, so I, I go and study everything. Well, which is the best? This is, and then I buy it, and then later on I realize, oh, it wasn't the best. There's actually another option. Man, it is frustrating to me because I want to make the right choice. So our core scripture for the series is the following. It is out of Hebrews 12, verse 2, um, and I'm using the Amplified today. It says, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. 
looking away from all, all that will distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. The New King James says, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Fixing, focusing your eyes on Jesus. And last week we spoke about Peter, who climbed out of the boat and started walking on the water. And as soon as he took his eyes or his focus off Jesus, he started sinking. And how many times in our lives do things around us try to steer our focus away from Jesus? Now with this sermon series, I want to look at stories of Jesus and how he directed the disciples and as well as our, our focus to constantly fix our focus on Jesus. That's what I want to speak about. Now, with so many things happened in humanity in the last two years, I mean, it was COVID, now war broke out, and, and there's so many things that, that, is, that is stealing our focus at the moment, that is capturing your attention, that is steering your focus away from who Jesus is. And as soon as you catch yourself, you're worried, you're anxious, you don't know what to do, you're worried that this will happen or that will happen. And today I want to speak about probably one of the greatest examples Jesus gave when he battled temptation and he battled exactly that one thing about choice. That one thing. Can we read that? It's out of Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11. It says, I'm just going to read the whole story and then I'll speak. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Yes, I can guess you were very hungry. 40 days. During that time, the devil came to him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The scripture says, People do not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says, he will order his angels to protect you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also says, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the, him to the peak of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. See, he says, I will give you I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down now and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Very familiar scripture. Very familiar piece in the Bible. Now isn't it interesting how the enemy usually comes and tempts us with choice when you are tired? When you're struggling, when it is the toughest moment of your life, the enemy comes and says, how about this? The temptation comes and now you suddenly have to choice. Or, or when you start struggling with stuff in your life when it is the toughest time of the year, when you're the most busiest or, or this is happening or that, usually the enemy comes. Now I believe that Jesus knew that this would happen. Good, the scripture says, and the Spirit led him into the desert to be tested. Now why? I mean, why do you want to be tested in the desert. And to make it even worse, he fasted for 40 days. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, listen to what, this actually made sense when I read the Passion Translation. Just look at verse 1 in the Passion Translation. It says, afterwards the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the lonely wilderness in order to reveal his strength 
against the accusers by going through the ordeal of testing. This changes the picture. It changes the picture totally in order to reveal his strength. You see, how many times does God take you through, it's like, oh, I've been tested again. Now, we see, we look at the testing, God says, I just want to reveal something in you that is so much greater than this little test. See, God is about to reveal things in our lives when we shift our focus. We need to just fix our focus on the right things. See, we need to realize that when we're going through testing in life, God is about to reveal our strength. Do you know that? He's about to reveal something. He's not just testing us. So here's my question. Why did Jesus fast? Why making this thing tougher than it is? So I'm going into the desert. I know the Holy Spirit is leading me. I'm going to be tested. So, but let's just make it interesting. Let's, fa- let, let, let's fast for 40 days. <laughs> it's like I'm going to climb the mountain. It's a tough mountain. But it's just to make it fun. I'm just going to put sandbags around my feet and take my backpack and pop a few rocks in there. Just to make it interesting, man. I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Let's fast. But see, fasting don't give us extra power. It doesn't. But Jesus said, you remember when Jesus said to his disciples when they tried to cast out the, the demon out of the little boy? Jesus said, no, you first have to pray and fast. You see, fasting removes the doubt. It removes the doubt and it amplifies our focus on God. That's why we fast. It doesn't give us tremendous power. It just shifts your focus. It does. You see, Jesus had a physical body like ours. He had physical senses like we do today. He was human, but yet he was God. But see, he knew that his senses and his physical needs would influence his choices. How many of you, if you go to Checkers, or went to Checkers, or whatever shop, when you were very hungry? Come on, I always say don't go to Checkers or do shopping when you're hungry. Because you buy all the nonsense. Oh, uh, this looks nice. I'm hungry. Oh, chocolates. I mean, go to the shop when you're not hungry. But see, when you're hungry and your senses and your needs tell you, oh, you need all these things, you make stupid decisions or choices. You see, if Jesus gone by his senses, he would have made choices according to his needs and not according to what the Father was telling him. Very important. You see, the choices we make because of our physical senses isn't sin. But it can lead to sin if we are moved more by what we see, what we taste, what we hear, what we smell, what we feel, rather than what God has said in our lives. It's very important. We can't be steered by our needs or our senses. We need to listen to God, what He says in our lives. And therefore, we need to fix our focus on Jesus. You see, if Jesus, who was sinless... If he had to control his needs and his senses, how much more do we in our Christian battle or in our lives and struggles, how much more do we with our corrupt needs need to fix our focus? Am I talking to someone here this morning? You see, Jesus was showing us how to fix our focus in a place where we struggle to focus. When that's really tough, when we're tired, when we are sick and we, we don't know what to do, when we are anxious, when we are stressed, when we don't know where to turn to, then we need to learn how to make choices, but we need to fix our focus in that moment. 
See, now we all know that by reading this portion, we know that Jesus didn't reason with the enemy. No, no. He just quoted Scripture. He didn't waste his time to, to reason and said, yeah, maybe I should, you know, maybe, yeah, yeah, this looks, all, all this will be mine. They just shut up. This is what the Scripture says. That's exactly, I mean, he just nailed it down. See, how many of us try to reason with temptation in our lives? <laughs> Come on. How many of us try to reason with, with this, this thing, yeah, maybe I should do this, or maybe, yeah, maybe I'm going through this tough time. Come on, man, we want to make a plan to fix it. We want to reason with temptation in our lives when it's going the toughest to make sure we do things, to make it work. But see, Jesus showed us one powerful tool, and I want to speak about this today. Jesus made declarations. He didn't just quote scripture. He made declarations that was powerful. See, making declarations is probably one of the most powerful tools that we as Christians had, but yet, unfortunately, it's not, very, it's not used very often as Christians. We don't. We let our emotions bully us, and we forget that there's so much power when we speak. You see, the enemy works hard to keep our mouth shut, and keep us away from making declarations because he knows the true power of it. He knows when we start speaking, he's in trouble. See, after the third time Jesus said to them, devil, go away, this is what the word says. He was gone and the angels was there and they ministered to Jesus. You see, declarations creates hope in our lives. How many of you need hope? Come on, we all do need hope. But declarations, when we declare things in life, it creates hope. And guess what? He who has the most hope has the most influence. Do you want influence in life? Make sure you have the most hope. When, when you're sitting in a conversation with people who don't have hope, just make sure you've got the most hope and you'll have the influence. You see, the enemy can destroy our hope. And if he destroys our hope, he destroys our future. We can't afford not to have hope in our lives. If you lose your hope, you're in trouble. That's what Scripture says, faith comes by here. Ugh, not faith. Now faith is the substance of things hopeful. If you don't have hope, you can't even have faith. We need hope. Listen to the definition of hope. Hope is the belief the future will be better than the present. And then guess what? I have the power to help make it so. You see, we have the power sitting here, all of us, Christians, believers, we've got the power to make the future the way we know it should be. Come on. We need to, we need to make sure and we need to realize that this is what a, we have the belief, that the future will be better than the present. When I'm looking at the war and everything in Ukraine and everybody's been speaking all this stuff, I'm just saying, listen, I'm just speaking life because I'm creating the future with my mouth. I'm saying that there will be life, that there will be peace on earth, that there will be peace everywhere I go. I mean, why? Because I have the power to make it so. I love the story about Ezekiel. Remember the story of Ezekiel? In Ezekiel 37 verse 1 to 4, it says the following. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out, of the spirit, uh, brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. How many of you have been in a valley before? Man, you feel just like, man, it's dark. And I'm in this valley of despair. I just want to eat some worms and lie down. Come on. 
God took him out into the middle of this valley and was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and, he, and, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. dry have, have you seen dry bones in your life? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then he asked me, God said, Son of man, can these bones live? So I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone knows. Then he said to me, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them. Say to them. He didn't say pray for them. He said, say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Powerful scripture. I love this. You see, God is never afraid to let us see the dry bone situations in life. He's not afraid to show us. He's sometimes not afraid for us to go through it. To show us the dry bones. You see, our job is just to make sure that it doesn't affect what we believe. Come on, all of us go through dry bones moments. You lose your job or you do this or you're in between things and you're in a dry bone moment. The bones are dry and you know, you're shuffling around with the dry bones. God's not afraid to show this to you. You just need to make sure what you believe. You see, God showed Ezekiel a valley of dry bones and he said, Hey, hey, Ezekiel. I want to show you something. I want to know what you think. Can I give you a secret? You see, what you think is going to determine what you do. Come on. What you think about something is determining what you will do. And God said, Ezekiel, I want to know what you think. Because what you think is going to, is going to determine what you're going to do right now. He says, can these bones live? Do you believe that these bones have a good future, Ezekiel? And then Ezekiel gave a safe answer. Oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> That's just a safe answer. Oh, Lord, you, you know. <laughs> you see, he shows us the bones, but it is our job to prophesy. God says, you prophesy, Ezekiel. Come on, you speak over those bones. You, man, God says, I want you to partner with me. Because I'm partnering with you. I need you to, to speak to those bones so that they will come alive. That's God's said. Man, I need, I need you. You're my creation. See, God comes and he says, I, I will show you the dry bones. And I'm going to partner with you, but it's your job to prophesy over them. And so many of us come, in, come in, our, in our lives and we come through tough times and testing times and dry bone times and said, Lord, when are you going to come and do this? Lord, when are you going to speak? Dry bones live. When are the voices going to come? And God's just waiting on us. He says, when are you prophesying? When are you speaking about it? Maybe you're just walking around to your friends, one or two. It's like, man, you need to pray with me. Just pray for me. And it's good that people pray for you, but maybe you should, should, should start prophesying of your situation. When you wake up in the morning and say, man, I'm happy to be alive. And man, you can't even walk off tiredness. And you said, this is going to be a great day, and you know it's going to be a challenging day. But man, you're prophesying over these dry bones. You start declaring life over your situation, although you're not seeing it. Because what did Ezekiel see? He saw dry bones. And God wanted him to say, start speak life. Start speaking life so that you will start seeing. Listen what Hebrews 10 says, 23. 
in the New King James Version, it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Hold fast to the confession of your hope. What are you hoping for? See, hope will will be determined by what you believe. Hold fast to the confession of your hope without wavering. Without wavering. That means that it's going to get tough, man. Don't waver. Just hold fast on a confession of your hope. This is what I hope. I'm believing in the truth. Then he says, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful in our lives. So let me ask the question. Why is it is making declarations so powerful and so important for us as Christians. He needs weird speaking to myself, man. It's, I mean, I feel like, I feel like a, weird, a weirdo speaking to myself in my room. Why is it so important for us to make these declarations? Listen to this incredible quote by Bill Johnson. Man, it just shot me through the heart. It says, things come into my life because of what comes out of my mouth. Boom. <laughs> That's a boom statement. Thing come, things come into my life because of what comes out of my mouth. Oh, I'm so tired today. Oh, I've been tired for weeks. Whew, I just need a holiday. I'm so tired. Yeah, but the tenth time you said you're tired, you're going to be tired. And come on, I'm guilty. See, that's why it's so important for us to make sure what we believe. What do we believe? Because what we believe will be coming out of our mouths on a daily basis. And if you believe nonsense, you're going to speak that nonsense. And the nonsense is going to determine what you live and what you see. And the bones is going to become what you speak. So the big question is, what is forming our beliefs in life? What is forming your beliefs in life? It's a very important question. See, do you know that transformation doesn't come by just surrendering your heart? It comes by surrendering your beliefs. <laughs> transformation in our lives doesn't just come when we, when we surrender our hearts. It actually comes when we surrender what we believe. This is, I mean, we, you need to ca- catch the, the, this today. What do we believe? See, you can believe a lot of things. If you go into Africa, people will tell you, oh, I believe, in, I believe in Jesus Christ. But they also believe in the ancestors. So what you do is you give authority to demonic and Jesus. And I don't want to go into that. And I'm not gunning at ancestral stuff, but it, it is demonic. So what do you believe will determine a lot. You see, sometimes we think the problem in our lives is the devil. It is the devil. No, no, the problem in my life is my past. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe the problem in my life is the lack of income or my salary, which is not sufficient enough. Or maybe my, 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 my problem is that I don't have opportunities. Lord, when will you give me an opportunity to make it in life? See, we all think that is the problem. But the fact is our problem starts with what we believe and what we think on a daily basis. See, God wants us to change the way we think about life. He wants us to change the way we think about the future. How many of you, if you start thinking about the future, you guys like, oh, petrol price, oh my goodness. 
man, oh, come on, let's just be human here today. It is a natural thing. But God wants us to like, wait, I can just hear him say, wait, 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 Henny, come on, that's not the way you think. Start speaking the way you believe. See, the secret here is to make sure we renew our minds constantly. How do I renew my mind constantly? Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. God transforms you into the new person by changing the way you think. Ever want to know what the will of God is for your life? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. See, God is just waiting for us to change the way we think. Not look at the world. Change the way you think. How, Any Just reading the Bible. Yes. Renewing yourself, your mind. Washing yourself with the Word will renew your mind. See, whatever we come into agreement with will renew our mind. See, that was, for me, this was a wake-up call. Whatever I come into agreement with will renew my mind and change the way I think. When I sit in a conversation and say we speak about the war in Ukraine, and we like, yeah, man, you're right. You start coming in agreement with stuff. And I'm not saying you should not have a, a normal conversation. But sometimes I started listening to myself on what I'm coming in agreement with. Come on. I was in a conversation this week about the petrol price, and I was cycling with a friend, and it's like, man, he doesn't know what to do. He said he wanted to buy a bucky, but now the thing is heavy on, on diesel, and, and maybe he should go a little car, because petrol prices will be, um, end of May will be at 40 rand, and, and, and this and that. And I said, and I, 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 before I could find myself, I said, man, you're true. Maybe this is ridiculous. Maybe it will be, go to 50. And I, I, I started agreeing with him. Because that's what we do. That's a normal conversation. And then when I stopped at home and I realized, but Henny, you, you agreeing with something that you're not hoping for. What are you really hoping for? We're hoping that the future will change and therefore I have got the power to set that in motion with my words. So Henny, how should you then do different? I would tell my, tell my friend, yes, I mean, I hear you. All the markets, everything showed that way. You know, maybe every time I put petrol on my car, I should just speak life over that petrol tank. And just said, Lord, I command that thing to come down. I thank you that, that when, when, I, when me and Salome got married, we could fill up our car but with 250 rand, you know, 60 liters. Yay, I just call that times back. I call that oil prices to go down. He said, man, man and, then, and then I realized I'm throwing myself into a circle of speaking life. Not agreeing with that. And I'm, I know, listen, I'm speaking to myself here as well. <laughs> it, is, it is an easy pitfall to step into. But we need to realize that we need to fix our focus in this. So people are like, oh man, this is a tough winter coming. Did you get your flu shot? Man, everyone will get sick this week. <laughs> you need to make sure, man. Come on. Or maybe it's like, oh man, did you see what's happening on the news? Ukraine, Russia, bombing. Did you hear what CNN is saying? Man, we we heading Third World War. This is Third World War. I'm just, and then you, before you get yourself, you're waiting for nuclear, nuclear missiles to start launching. Come on. 
So it's a good time to make sure that what we are agreeing with, because what you agree with might change your life. I can go on and on with this. When I was still a professional runner, I got hurt 2000, and, and, and then I escaped South Africa. I had to get out of my environment, so I moved to London to a friend and stayed there for six and a half months. Um, thought it's going to be longer, but as I was then working as a mobile fitness manager, I've got a degree in all those things, and so I started working and trying to rehab and just, just get away of things, you know, and I was still looking for a job that first four or five weeks living out the pounds that my dad loaned me, you know, and uh, that pound was at that stage was also 20 rand for a pound, and, um, and I was every morning read my Bible and then I was looking on the internet for jobs and, and one of my friends called me there and said, hey Henny, don't you live there at the Canary Wharf area close to the London Arena? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, do you know that, I'm not going to name names, but that one evangelist is there for a conference this weekend from Wednesday to, third to Saturday, are you there? I said, man, I am actually. I said, man, if you have time, you have to go. And I knew I had to go. So I, I literally remember, I took my pluckies. I was in my pluckies and my shorts with a T-shirt and a cap. And I just grabbed my Bible bag and I was out. Man, I jumped on the DLR. It's a small little tram train. And it was like two minutes to the London Arena, jumped off. And I saw, man, all the banners. I can't believe it. I mean, I watched this guy on TV. And it's amazing. I mean, I listened to his sermons. So I walked in. And I was at the counter, I said, listen, I want to do the conference. He said, yeah, yes, sir, you, you're just in time. Just sticker, name. And I thought, man, I'm here. I haven't seen this guy. This guy's from America. I'm going to sit right in front. So as I was walking up to the front, I thought, maybe just second row. <laughs> just second row. And, and, uh, and the guy walked in. And, uh, man, I was, like, emotional. I couldn't believe I'm here. This is so amazing. And he started, hey, Welcome to all the pastors and the ministers. And I thought, I should have sat at the back because I was in the ministry then. I didn't know, but God knew. God knew. And he started this, and I was so touched in it. And then, then that evening I was there, and, then, and every session that they started without that first one, man, there was an old lady. I think it was his mother or someone. But um, she, she got on the stage. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about thousands of people. And she started doing declarations. So he said, okay, everybody stand up. And she said, okay, speak this after me. I am victorious. And everybody's like, I am victorious. And she going, for 30 minutes. She, without a Bible, with nothing, just out of art. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. And then she said, I will be victorious today. I am in a good space. I, God, is, God loves me. I mean, she will go on and on, and then Scripture will start rolling out of her lips. Man, oh, after 15 minutes, I want to start running around that, that arena. It's like, man, that declarations and that confession psyched me up. I was forgetting about that I don't have a job. Um, I don't, I've got 100 pounds left. If I don't start working now, I'm going to go hungry. I mean, I forgot everything about it, but that declaration started switching something on in me. I mean, by the end of that, that conference, I remember it's, uh, as today, I remember <laughs> I literally went to the conference, I bought my weekly ticket, it's like 30 pounds uh, or 25 pounds, then you can go everywhere in London for that weekly all-pass ticket. So I bought my ticket and I had my wallet with it, I think I had 70 pounds left to last me now, I don't know if I, I don't, still don't have a job. And in that night, when God spoke to me, I had so much faith in that conference, I took that 70 pounds and I sowed everything. 
I just said, Lord, I'm going to trust you with everything that I have. If I have to, I've got a plane ticket to go home, but I don't have nothing to eat after this. I'm just sowing everything. Boom. And, 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 and I mean, there was something that came alive in my heart by making that confession. So I walked up to the stage. I think I had five pounds left. He had a CD there. And um, the CD said, Declarations and Confessions. And I bought that. And after that conference, man, every morning I woke up for the next three days, I started making, that's 45 minutes, I just started making that declarations and making that confessions. I still have it today. I don't know where the CD is, but it's digital. And you can find it on YouTube. But it, I mean, I started making that declarations for 45 minutes, take the word, started speaking life to this. Lord, I call that job now in Jesus' name. And I remember... Before I went to the conference, I was like fed up. I mean, I sent my CV to everyone. And um, I can't even remember who I sent my CV. So I was busy making my declarations and my confessions. I finished my prayer and I sat back and I thought, man, what shall I do now? And my phone rang. And this company called me and said, hey, is this Mr. Bo- is this Mr. Botha? I can't remember how the, the British speaks. I said, yes, yes. Say, can you come in for an interview? We want to offer you a job, but you have to come in for an interview. I said, what? I said, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. So I went there. On the train, I was sitting on the train. I realized I haven't showered or shaved. I looked really bad, but I was so excited. I just jumped on the train. I thought, man, I need to go for an interview now. And I realized I've not looked looked the job. And I sat in the interview. The guy said, listen, uh, we just want to go through this. How much do you want to earn every month? I was like, what? I said, 1,200 pounds a month. The guy said, like, yeah, we can do that. Um, we'll call you back uh, as soon as we can. And, and I, I, I thought, that was weird. Got on the, on the train, five minutes into the train ride, he calls me, said, uh, can you start tomorrow? Within three days, God starts shifting something. As I was speaking out of my mouth, God started shifting some things in my life. You see, I was starting to agree with what I said and what I, what I, was, what I was confessing. And God started doing something incredible. You see, the secret is that things in our life happens because something has been spoken. How much things do we say on a daily basis? How much is out of fear? How much is out of faith? How much is out of just emotions? See, we are so used to speak death without realizing it when God gave us the ability to speak life. Come on. But Henny, you don't, you don't know, man. I mean, how can I speak positive things when I'm just so down? When everything is going ra- wrong? When everything is just so tough? When I can see nothing is happening? How can I just say something is happening when I see nothing is happening? Come on, Henny, this is so tough. You see, declarations or confessions are faith statements. It's faith statements. About what? About what is true. So it's faith statements about truth that is not yet in our experience or what you haven't fully experienced yet. That's declarations. Declarations is statements of truth. The statements of faith about truth of what you haven't yet experienced. So don't go on what you have experienced and then state that. No, no. Call those things. Speak those things. Listen to this scripture. You all know this very well. Come on, we preach about this. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, The tongue can bring what? 
death and life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. <laughs> See, life is in the power of the tongue. Life is in the power of the tongue. It's probably one of the greatest revelations of how to bring breakthrough and increase into your life. Come on. We need to actually listen to these things every day of our lives that man, we need to speak life to bring breakthrough. But it can also bring death into your life. And for some people, the only improvement they'll see is when they just stop speaking. <laughs> Me and my friends, who is now all over the world, we've got five best friends, and one is a pastor in America, one in Georgia, and, and one is living close to me, Rousseau's um, neighbor, and one is in Cape Town. But we had a, a pact in our, in our, in, between each other. When we walk into a negative situation, we'll look at each other and, we'll, and, and, and one, one of the friends will start speaking negative. One will just go, shh. And it's offensive some days, like when, when you start going off and you're just sharing emotions and your friend just goes, shh. And I realize, oof, oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually speaking death over my life. And I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not over-spiritualizing things. I'm just sharing the truth of the word. Our words have creative power. Jesus, or God Almighty, spoke creation into existence. <laughs> you see, you remember Joshua? Old Josh, who took over from the greatest leader in the Bible, Moses? They crossed into the promised land and, and they had huge... I mean, when they crossed over into the promised land, they didn't go, yay, we're in the promised land. Yay, let's eat and let's have party. No, no. Then they faced the toughest battles when they entered the promised land. They faced the biggest strongholds, conquering, had to conquer cities to take in that country. And they got to a city of Jericho. Remember? Jericho, huge city, bigger walls, one of the best security systems that there was in that time. So Joshua had this weird plan. He said they're going to walk around the city once a day and then day seven, seven times. And then he went to the people and said, hey, listen, people, I've only got one rule. One rule. No talking. Nada. Zero. No words. Nothing. Shh. He says, yes. I'm serious. We let your fathers talk. And we got stuck in the desert. See, there were no... See, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm getting emotional about this because this is so powerful. See, we are not limited by God. Do you know that? We are not limited by God, but we limit ourselves with our words and with our lack of faith. And I can turn it on to myself today. I limit myself on a weekly basis by what I say and what I believe. See, we are limited by our own words, our own faith, our own thinking. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 29. I'm almost done. It says, Do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth but only such speech that is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. See, with our words, we control what comes into our lives. 
And if there's something you remember today, that your words have the power to control whatever comes into your life. Mothers, if you're worrying and fearing that your kids will always be safe, your words will determine what comes into your life. Start speaking life over your kids. If that thought comes and just say, Lord, I thank you that angels surround my children. Man, they can set a foot wrong. Your angels and your presence will be with them. They will be secure. They will be wise. They will make good decisions. I pray that all the time. Because it's a, it's a normal fear that comes over us as parents. See, we all love when someone prophesies. Come on, when, when we have a prophet come in and I start sharing prophetic word and we record it and we listen to it, man, it's so good that we prophesy. We all need to flow in prophecy. But did you know that the most important person to prophesy over to or to prophesy over is yourself? To prophesy over yourself. See, we encourage everyone around us on a weekly basis, but we keep on discouraging ourselves by our self-talk. Oh, look how fat I am today. I look fat in this. Or I'm, I'm this. Or look at this cute big toe. Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to want to be offensive towards, but, but we do with self-talk. We break ourselves down. And sometimes I said, Lord, thank you that this is a, oh, I'm just not going to go into that. But, but you figure it out. Positive self-talk can change your life. Yeah, I'm wonderfully and perfectly made. I mean, I, I was a sport, I'm still a sports psychologist. I studied sports psychology and, and, and I've worked with sport teams all over the country. And, and I, we had a kicker, a kicking coach, sorry, he was a kicking coach. Still a great kicking coach. He worked for Sharks and for everyone. And I was laughing at him every time I had to room with him. He would, in the morning, he would wake up and he would go to the bathroom like all of us do. And then you would hear him in the, in the bathroom. He would look at himself in the mirror and say, You are a great kicking coach. You are going to rule SA Rugby kicking. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I would, the first day I was like looking around the corner, it's like, what the heck are you doing, man? And he was just positive self-talk. He spoke, looked at himself in the mirror and he told himself, you are a success. You're going to make this. You're gonna. And he just took normal psychology, um, what do you call it, um, tools, and he used it on himself. And then he was nothing. He was a university kicking coach that nobody wanted there. They just wanted. <laughs> now he's coaching professional sides and professional kickers. He believed it. He spoke it into his life. Romans 4 verse 17. And this is probably one of the greatest scriptures if you want to talk about declarations. I'm almost done. It says, God who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. See, that's exactly what declarations is. Calling those things that do not exist as though they are. See, when I was a runner, I had to literally, I, I took my, my, the times that I wanted to run and I wrote it down big on my wall. And I know it's ridiculous, but I wanted to break barriers in my running. So I want to go under 50 seconds and 400 hurdles and then I wanted to go under 49 seconds and, and then I had like 48.99 seconds on my wall so that I look at it and every time I walk by I said I will run that time I will make it I will do it I've trained for it I'm well enough I'm equipped 
So I would speak to me about that. And, and, and every time I start speaking about it, there's a little bit of doubt that want to come in, but as soon as I start speaking, the doubt goes and I start believing in myself. You see, it's the same with Scripture. That's why we need to Scripture up and all over in our, in our house. Start putting Scripture in your, in your kitchen, in your bathroom. Scripture about who you are in Christ. How successful you are. Where you want to go in life. And then start speaking that. I'm the head and not the tail. Thank you, Lord. In my job, I might be the tail, but you've made me the head. And I'm going to speak success over my life. I don't have a job now, but thank you, Father, that you've called me to run my own business. You've called me to do great things. You've gave me things in my life that I need to just have faith in. And then just start speaking those things over your life. See, we need to speak and encourage ourselves, but also call the things into our lives that we want to see. Do you call those things in your life into what you want to see? Call in that car. Come on. God wants you to have a new car or a new home or, or when you're renting and just said, Lord, we thank you that we call our home in, that home that we want to trust you. We trust you for our own house. We call it in in Jesus' name. You see, call that promotion in. Call that wisdom into every situation. Call that, 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 um, that, that place where you, in every place that you set your foot in, that there will be peace. When I speak, walk into a situation, I said, Lord, there will be peace here in this meeting. I call it in. As, as I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. <laughs> See, we have authority to speak in life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Let's speak life. Last scripture, Joel 3 verse 10 says, Let the weak say I'm strong. Come on. See, the scripture didn't say let the weak say I'm weak. The scripture says, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak confess, declare, declare that I'm strong, that I'm victorious, that I'm a good business owner, that I'm a good teacher, that I'm a good pupil, that I'm a good sport. I mean, just declare over your life that you want to see. Come on, it's positive self-talk, but it is also a godly principle. Now, the, the scripture says, speak to your situation and call life. You know what? Jesus paid for it already. Call it in. It's paid for. If you walk into McDonald's and your friend calls and says, listen, I bought you some food, just go and fetch it. You walk in and say, listen, I came to fetch my food. They don't ask you money again. It's already paid for. You just come and collect. So it's almost like we, we come to collect what Jesus already paid for. See, we have to build a habit into our lives to speak and to call what we see in our lives. See, he said, I give life and death, choose life. You remember that? I said life before you, and I said death before you. But then he says, let me just tell you, choose life. And Jesus came through the toughest challenge and the toughest temptation by choosing life. Quoting scripture, he declared the word over his life, proving to us that the authority that we've given have been given by him is more powerful than any need, any sense, any physical thing that we have to battle by just declaring life. Don't look at, the, uh, yes, I'm, I'm not saying if, if you're sick, don't, don't say, some people say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Yes, you're sick, that's fine. But now declare life over the sickness. I mean, sometimes we want to run and we'll just, I'm, I'm not seeing it. 
It's, uh, no, just look at it and declare life. Make sure we are in authority over those things. So let's make, a, let's make a point today to call and declare good things into our lives. Can we do that? Can we not look at the, the, the negative stuff in our lives and step back and say, oh, I'm defeated, I feel so tough, I feel, I feel like a bloody boxer, and then I mean, the, the other guy is hitting me and it's just, my nose is bleeding and everything. No, no. Just step up and fight the good fight of faith. Declaring life over your life. Declaring life over your family. Declaring life over your, over your health. Start speaking to yourself. And I'm guilty of that because I need to remind myself on a daily basis. No matter what we've been happening or what's been happening around you, we have the authority to speak good into the not so good. Amen? Amen. Can you stand with me? I want to pray with you. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you that that you have given us words to fight with. Lord, that you have given us so much and that we sometimes miss it, Father. And Father, I pray this morning that, that as I spoke about declarations, that we will set declarations in our heart, not in our heart, but in our lives, that it will be a thing that we said, Lord, I cannot go without this. Lord, I pray that you will mind, remind us of this. Remind us to speak life when we are in a conversation. Remind us what to agree with and what not to agree with. And Lord, as we go into this week, we speak life over our town. We speak life over Stellenbosch, over our family. We speak life and success over South Africa. We speak life over the war in Ukraine and Russia. Lord, we speak peace over every nation in this world, Father. Lord, we speak life over our finances and over our families, over our schools, over our businesses in this town, Father. Lord, we speak healing and health over everyone in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will help us to, to see and recognize and then call it into our lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will show us what we are worth that you show us our identity and that we will start speaking it. That we start speaking it in our lives and that we will start seeing what you are going to do. Lord, I thank you for your glory and your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.